Hello listeners and viewers and welcome to another Who Corner to Corner podcast. My name is Paul and I'm here with my good chum, Mr. Jeff, on the other side of the screen. How are you, Jeff, old I'm chum? I'm good, thanks. How, how are you tonight? Yes. Yeah, I'm good. I'm all fired up. I'm all fired up with my scarf, um, which I, I don't yeah. have because it's too big, and my jelly babies. Yes, indeed, I was, ladies I was and to, gentlemen. Um, perm my uh, hair for tonight, yes, but I haven't. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just totally ruined my oh, introduction there, but I'll crack <laughs> I th- on. I'll I just, thought you were queuing me up to uh, contribute. No, I was queuing myself oh. up, mate. I don't care okay. about you. Uh, you know, I was queuing up my own greatness. That, that's that's what I do. So <laughs> I'm just messing with you, mate. Just messing with you, innit? you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, anyway, so yes, grab onto your jelly babies, ladies and gentlemen, because we are going to be spending a whole hour or so um, looking at the uh, wonderful era of Tom Baker's Doctor, the fourth Doctor. Yay! So many fans of the fourth Doctor out there. I think we we put some social media stuff out, didn't we, Jeff? We put some tweets out. We put some Facebook stuff out there, just inviting a few comments from from various fans to see what their favourite Tom Baker stories were, what their special memories were, and we got got quite a few We did, yeah. Um, Well, the reason we we decided to do this was it was Tom's birthday. It's not just random. It's not random, no. It's <laughs> there's there's a there's reason thought behind all of this. Um, yeah, so it was Tom's birthday. Did you say he was eighty nine? Eighty nine. God bless him. And um, said Tom. So Tom. And in um, in many ways, and and for a lot of people, Tom, I think, is the defining image of the Doctor, isn't he? he? Is the iconic uh, certainly, Doctor? Yep. Uh, you know, from classic Who. Um, and I don't mean this to sound a bit morbid, but whenever I see Tom Baker trending on Twitter, I, I have a. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, know. I sl- slightly uh, soil myself with fear and uh, wonder what's going on. I have to immediately check it. What a lovely image that <laughs> is, Jeff. You know the, the 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 evacuation of your bowels in fear of Tom well, Baker passing. I, I, I know I'm not the only one who. <laughs> well, I don't know if they feel that way, but you know. I, I don't know if, if 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 anybody has such an extreme <laughs> physical reaction to just the fear yeah. of that news, let alone the actual yeah. news. And I hope it doesn't no, happen for a long no, well, time. I, I like to think he's um, unless you've got a shovel around him. Yeah, you, he's he's a more he's or some cat litter immortal, or something. You know, some full as earth just to sprinkle around you. Why are we even talking about this? This isn't in the plan. We've got lots of content <laughs> yeah. to cover. So honestly, yeah, Tom is is beloved by well every, every many, many every Whovian. I I would think millions. Um, and there's there's just well there's just something about him isn't there tom is is larger than life and you know some actors are long associated with a role you know whatever the role it might be and tom is absolutely the doctor and and that's he embodies he, the he role. embodies it and uh, does he not yeah no he does and and the, the line of yeah. tom and the doctor and which one starts and ends where i think was <laughs> who knows? Yeah, who knows? Does Tom know? Or is there even is a there line even, between it, them? Was was there it ever was a line? Blurred long ago. But but Tom plays. Yeah. He plays it all up. He you know he said in interviews, he loves the the, the sort of adulation mm. and the attention, and he knows how to spin a good yarn and talk a bit of you know cobblers and you know get a, get yeah. a laugh. And I'm never quite sure and i don't know <laughs> i don't know if he is either but how much of it is being made up for effectively yeah. attention in a nice way and and how much of it's genuine but then you you think he, he's had quite a 
you know, mad life, and and probably actually it's it's all true with just some tiny embellishments. And I think, you know, he's obviously done other things since you know he, he finished the role on screen, but you know nothing was uh, you know as identifiable as as this. And you know mm. when you say Tom Baker, it's the Doctor, and you know I said it's the yeah, Doctor. Some actors. Mm-hmm. You know, are known for certain roles, but or, or they might have a couple of roles that they're kind of well known for. Um, but I just think Tom having you know this identification and an association with the Doctor and, and how powerful it is, I think is is great, really. And um, you know, he was just uh, well, still is. You know, the the, the curly hair, the, the slight mad twinkle joy in his eyes as well, and you know that. You mean slight? Well, yeah, mad. just you know, it was completely on, you know bonkers, yeah. and um, you know the the height of him and, and the, the clothes he mm. wore, and you know even to today, uh, he just seems kind of sparkly and joyful, and he's he's looking, you know, he does. He's yeah. looking a bit thin now and a bit frail as as he's. Mm inevitable for his age but you know he's still sharp as anything and and you know witty yeah. and you know great fun even if he's perhaps a bit slow on his feet so you know he's he's we're we're very lucky to have well we're lucky to have all of the the actors uh, that have been involved in the show i think but it's uh, particularly like that tom came back to it you know because he didn't want to do big finish for a long time did he and he, he kind of he, he didn't want that I don't know. He did, well, he just he didn't really want to kind of go back to it all, did he? And uh, I think I think it was quite painful for him actually actually leaving something that he'd been so close yeah. to for for so many years. Yeah. And I think it was um, it, it was a point in his life, wasn't it? Mostly through his forties, mm. I think, because he was quite late. That, that, uh, that he was part of know, it, re- relatively old, kind of in actor terms when he when he got the part. It's a bit like Clooney. You know, Clooney was pushing forty, I think, when he got his ER job. You know, and and uh, mm. or. or maybe not quite 40 but you know certainly you know later than you know you'd usually kind of become a big name and same with Tom and you know there's that famous story that he was working on a builder's yard or something when he went for the audition and and had to tell him I'm you know I'm leaving I'm going to go and be Doctor Who and I don't think they believed him and uh you know he went did the photo shoot and then went back to work shoveling bricks or something you know (laughs) is it true who with all his with all his pals yeah Yeah. when he's Uh, he's living out of a bedsit I think living off somebody's floor at the time have you you read his autobiography it's no someone commented tonight actually about how good Mm. it was and I I I, I asked him because um Maybe last year or the year before, there was a, mm. a listing for another biography on on Amazon, and uh, which looked to be a new one. Um, and then it it's right, well, a new Tom a, Baker a new one, yeah. Auto, autobiography. And, and it seemed yeah. to vanish and, and hasn't come out. So I don't know whether that was the, did it even exist? Well, is that the one that they meant, or was there another one? So no, I, I haven't read it, but um, I'd, I'd like to. Um, very yeah. worthwhile. I, it's it's a good. I, I read most of it in in one day when I was I was walking. I decided to do myself a walk from one side of London to the other, and it nearly killed me. But I spent the whole day doing it, and it was it was one of those things. And I, and I had Tom Baker's autobiography with me, and I'd read most of it already. But the last few chapters, I kind of as a, you know, when I stopped for to have a coffee or something mm. to eat, or just to basically stop myself from collapsing into a pub on the floor, I just read a few chapters of, of the autobiography, and it just it, it's one of those moments where. It, it, it just—it was almost like a life moment in a weird sort of way. I'll always remember getting to the the the, the O2 Arena, which was then the Millennium mm. Dome, uh, as they were building it. And it's this really silent kind of part of London that was just—it was kind of weird with Tom Baker's autobiography in my hand. And and I think the last chapter I actually read 
pretty much as I was kind of walking just as I finished right. this journey and it was <laughs> it was weird that's just a personal yeah. thing people I don't expect anybody to no, sort of if, think that was that that's worthy content <laughs> but there it is it's out there I'll always remember that walk yeah, that's, and that's reading good. Tom Baker's auto at the same time very strange I, so we we put some polls I out just, there didn't we or, say, or we put a uh, sorry I, oh yeah oh, go on I, yeah. I went to the yeah. um Doctor Who 50th celebration uh, that was at the Excel. I did go there. Excel, And yeah. uh, it was on the Saturday. It was a three-day event. And mm. on the Saturday, it was the only day that Tom was appearing. And so they had three panels, three talks during the day. So one of them was with um, Matt, Jenna, uh, and Moffat. Mm. Um, I think it was just the three of them. Then there was one with Peter, Colin, Sylv, maybe Paul McGann. And Tom. Oh, on okay. Saturday. Yeah. Uh, and then the other talk was with Danny Hargreaves doing some effects and blowing up a side man and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And um, they they introduced all the, the doctors and they they came out and then then Tom was uh, announced. I think he came last. I, I can't really remember. Mm. But anyway, the place went nuts for him and he Erupted. he came out yeah. and I think he had a, a suit on and his his walking mm. stick and he he came out and he slowly saunters across the stage you know lapping it up and he went and sat down yeah. on the arm of the sofa yeah. and all the others were sitting on it and uh he, there was just <laughs> he he obviously loved being there and i don't know whether the others were a bit like <laughs> oh come on put put the spotlight back on us but yeah it, it was it was great that he did it and there's a really gr- great photo of of mm. those uh, classic doctors and matt all together yeah, yeah, that was yeah. taken on the day, which was really nice. Uh, yeah, so yeah, he, he was absolutely fantastic. When they mm. when they'd ask him a question, he'd pause dramatically before Make answering. Sure everybody's yeah, listening. You know, and he, yeah. he knew how to work it all, and yeah. Mm. So that that was great. I I felt very uh, uh, you know lucky to have seen him there. And then that evening, I went to the cinema to watch Day of the Doctor. I could have stayed at the XL for it, but it was a it was all a bit unclear about what what time it was going to be on mm. and when and if they were going to be doing oh, okay. it. So, so I ended up booking to go see it at a cinema, which was fine, uh, and it was full of other Hoovians as well. But the bit when um, mm. Matt is in the uh, in the gallery and and you see the the white hair come into shot, you know, you, you people cheered. Yeah, they, they knew, yeah. knew straight away that that it was. Him. There was a big gasp, intake yeah. of air in the cinema when it, when when I yeah. watched it. I was like. <gasps> Just this respect, this almost reverential yeah. kind of, and and also it's Stop. you know it's nice that in as the years have mm. gone on, he obviously still has that, but it's it's gone to the other doctors as well. You know when when the the other classics turned up in mm. uh, Power of the Doctor, you know I think that was the other classics, you know, quite a, a big a big moment, you know as, as well. So <laughs> the other classics. yeah, you we we put out some stuff on uh, yes on we the did. socials, mm-hmm. didn't we? So I, I'm going to pass it back to you. Oh, oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, cheers. No, no, yeah. Um, that means I've got to open up a web page and stuff. All right, so we we kind of put some uh, some stuff out there. What I did was because um, we did a poll, didn't we, on yes, Twitter? I've got that here. But on the to, you've yeah. got that there. Yes, yeah, so we'll we'll do that in a second. So I just wanted to have a look at the Facebook because we told our our new building followers 
on Facebook that we were doing a fourth Doctor special. And if anybody had any special memories to kind of share with them, there's quite a few which came in, actually. Um, Matt Albert, or Albert, has put uh, one of my first TV memories was watching Robot, which is Tom's yep. first adventure. I, he says, I was only three. Oh, bless. He's, he's older than me then, so that's good. Um, remember feeling very upset with the robot's demise. Mm. Obviously, at three years old, we all side with the robots. Mm. Um, Ed Colbain says he's always been partial to the Mask of Mandragora, the Talons of Wen Chiang, and the Hand of Fear. Yeah, uh, we've got, um, who's this? Andy Calacana, who says, so many great moments. One I'll choose is from the Ark in Space. You're getting better, Harry. Am I really? Entirely my influence, of course. You mustn't take any of the credit. <laughs> so there you go. It's a nice little change. There's quite a few of those. So um, I think another one from um, Stanislav Stanley Migra, who quotes from Robot, actually, that moment where the new Doctor is kind of skipping mm, with mm. Harry Sullivan. It's just, it's just brilliant. And the both of them, they're still skipping, and they manage to deliver their lines it's great yeah. I, I mean that is as much of a mission statement for the fourth yeah. doctor as anything and there's part of it which Stanislav quotes here which is mother mother I feel sick send for a doctor quick 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 <laughs> and you imagine yeah. Tom's eyes just going there they're almost face to face Ian Martyr and Tom Baker they must have rehearsed that endlessly yeah. to get it looking so so good yeah on yeah. screen but yeah a, a lot of special special memories from our FB chums yeah, there's been a few people on Twitter as well who shared um, not specifically about Tom I must say because we also did a tweet to say what was your first mm. episode of Doctor Who um, but one chap I, I can't find it at the moment but we'll cover this on another episode I'm sure but one chap if you're out yeah, there chap <laughs> dial one, in say hi hi chap, chap. But There's one chap. Literally, what you're saying, Jeff, is we had one response to the tweet, and you can't remember <laughs> can't the name or the handle of whoever did it. Uh, actually, there was quite a lot of responses. <laughs> that. Dropped down the but list. He, he said that uh, he, he remembered watching mm. uh, the very first episodes sitting on his, his dad's knee in the living room, and and I thought it was obviously such a, a strong memory that you know it kind of burnt into his, his mind like that. Mm. And then uh, someone else said that they remember being called in from the garden on a Saturday to come in and watch this show that my that dad thought that they'd like and I thought it was you know it, it was lovely really the the uh idea you know that that you know these when these guys mm. when they were kids you know the dads wanted to share that with them and, and call them in and they remembered it so strongly and here they are 60 years later still yeah, fans of it yeah. which, which I thought was brilliant that's brilliant so yeah we yeah my dad used to turn it off when it came on so we I, I never yeah, had that sadly yeah. Doctor Who was always a thing I would watch on my own and, and actually with Tom Baker stories in the at the time in the 70s I, I I didn't really see that many of them I think as I've said on the mm. podcast before they were all they were always around it's always around it's just part of the landscape of growing up but I, I rarely used to actually sit through an episode and certainly never sat through a story so i only ever remember fragments the occasional mm. cliffhanger like the cliffhanger to city of death when scarf pulls off his mask the brains of morbius arc in space just a few little bits more probably from season 17 and 18 remember being entranced by destiny the daleks and the creature from the pit and then i think at season 18 i actually managed to win the remote control my dad was always wanting to watch um, buck rogers <laughs> or specifically wilma deering and i just wanted to watch this weird Doctor Who thing because Doctor Who was getting a bit yeah, weird yeah. in season 18 it was very different but you know we'll probably come to that no mm. no doubt so yeah, I, I, yeah it's I, um it's, it's always been part of growing up I think so a lot of special I things. didn't watch it memories That's I was um uh too young uh to watch Tom when he went out just, just, just throw that one in it's yeah. gonna sound 
It's a little nipper. Insulting. Well, you're, you're sort of late seventies, aren't you? Is that, is that when yeah, you were, when you were, you were thrust well, into I, the world? Essentially, the, you when you know, came the, flying the, out uh, the eighties, really. Uh, November, yeah, November yeah, okay. seventy nine. Right. You know, it might as well be right. That's still might the seventies. Might as well be the eighties. Still <laughs> the seventies. It's got seven in it. Well, if ABBA were current, it's the seventies. So I, I didn't see it all then, and and as I've said mm. on on here before. You know, I really sort of started watching when Sylvester was the doctor, but I do remember yeah, bits yeah, of, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Peter playing cricket. And, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of remember glimpses of Tom, so there must have been, you know, repeats mm. and things like that. So I didn't really watch a lot of Tom stuff until uh, probably really when, when the show came back in 2005 and I started mm. to kind of go back in, into uh, things right. then. You went through the back yeah, catalogue. And as I've also said before, uh, at that time, a lot of the classic DVDs were really quite expensive for, for sort of yeah. what you were getting in mm. terms of it just being one story you know um so <laughs> I, I you know i bought i bought a number and i, I had you know quite a lot of fourth uh, doctor stuff but mm. it's with the collection sets that i'm getting to see uh, uh, you know a lot more yeah, um, yeah. And it's a bit like with the season two collection for the first doctor which is mm. uh, which is actually I've, I've never seen uh most of the stuff on there before and it's and it's yeah. given me a new appreciation actually for the sec uh, for the first doctor mm. because uh, in my head he was always quite sort of crotchety and grumpy but actually he's he's not. There's a lot yeah, more to him than and, just and that. It, you know, th- this is the thing. I, I think this is why uh, Terence Sticks, great though he is, and a lot of other writers, I, I'm singling out Terence Sticks, but when they do that one line description of the Doctor as a slightly often mm. grumpy, uh, often grumpy, slightly crotchety old man. You know that that becomes ingrained mm, in your mm, psyche, yeah. And but season two, particularly of of William Hartnell, he's you know he's 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 cunning, he's sly, he's funny, mm. he's treacherous, he's manipulative, he's childish. All yeah. of those things. There's so much yeah, variation I've, I've been, in Hartnell's performance. Been really enjoying it, and and um, mm. uh, actually thought, God, all, all these years I've kind of. Not not gone for the first Doctor <laughs> stuff much because I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that thing in my head of him being grumpy and mm. you know from from what I have seen kind of thought yeah that that's true but I must <laughs> I must admit when I started watching season two I was like what the hell this is not what I was expecting at all. Um, <laughs> have, have you watched the Romans? Just, yet? I just got, got to, to the, to the uh, cliffhanger um, on mm. uh, on the episode before uh, last night actually when the the TARDIS falls off the cliff. So on, I can't right. what the episode was called because like I said to you before, you've you've got the main story name, but then each each it's the rescue, yeah, isn't it? That's before, it. But, but before, it, so where where Vicky yes, comes Vic, into yeah. it, Maureen, Maureen O'Brien. Yeah. <gasps> that's a great yeah, story. Yeah, really good. Well, we talk about yeah, that another I, time. I like the, yeah, uh, yeah. the sort of twist in that as well. Um, but yeah, mm, I'm, it's quite dark. It, yeah, it is really yeah. dark when you think about um, it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it all. But yes, um, mm. my, origi- my original point was I, you know, getting to see Tom episodes. Uh, in, mm. You know, for for the first time, and you know, fine yeah, if you're yeah. a gatekeeper, or whatever. Not you, but anyone. You know, uh, <gasps> <laughs> but you know, um, <laughs> I, it's a you know, it's a financial thing, and you know, blah blah blah. But it's it's yeah. great, and it's kind of you, you know, all of this stuff is is here. All this sixty years of mm. history, and and the idea oh, of someone mad. going, oh yeah, I, yeah, I started watching Doctor Who with with Christopher Eccleston. You go, well, actually, there was you know. 25, 6, whatever years before that to, to watch. Mm. Wow. You know, there's a whole universe of, of it. There's a whole, a whole world, world just yeah. waiting for people to so discover. I like yeah. that I'm still 
discovering mm. new classic Who yeah. know, in, in this day and age. So, mm. yeah, I I, um, <clears throat> I really enjoy uh, Tom's stuff, uh, and I have quite a leaning towards the sort of, this This won't surprise anyone who knows us, but the, the kind of gothic horror stuff that they do, um, mm. and, and we'll probably talk a bit more about the Big Finish stuff later, but they've, they've done a lot of spookies with him and, and horror-tinged stuff, which, which I really yeah, like, yeah. and, and yeah. that's probably the time when mm. uh, Mary Whitehouse was getting very upset by it all. Um, but yes, yeah, so to go back to the poll, which was the, <laughs> the original mm. point of this ramble, um, we we wanted to uh, run a poll to chuck out some episodes to see what people voted that we should do a bit of a rewatch on, um, and we couldn't really decide what we we wanted to watch, could we? Uh, or there's almost too many to choose you know, he's, from. He's got eight really? seasons yeah. worth of stuff, and you know, there's, there's there's a lot, um, and so automatically the the choices. Super, you know, vastly uh, outnumbers the other mm. uh, doctors. So we put up Nightmare of Eden, which is a favourite of mine. I, I love the um, the the man. How do you pronounce them? The mandrels. 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 They look so cool. The kind of little tentacly things and that sort of <laughs> slightly kind of triangular sort of head and the you know. They, I think think they look great. The big yeah, eyes. The big, the big glowy big eyes. eyes yeah. um, uh, and that was that's a great yeah. story. I, I really enjoy that one. Mm. Uh, we put City of Death, which is probably uh, you know a bit of a an obvious choice, and, and I, uh, it's a bit of a runaway. It, it that was. One. I mean, yeah, I think as soon as we put that in, we thought, yeah, oh, why would we um, put that in? Because it's obviously going to win. We shouldn't have put that. Um, <laughs> it always uh, does. We put Warriors Gate uh, and Sontaran Experiment, mm. and I, I will say actually that um, it's probably the same with most Doctors actually, but it feels more so with Tom. But there's always a mm. handful of episodes that are. Their, uh, you know, classic ones and and City of Death and Genesis of the Daleks are Tom's kind of mm. th- th- those are the sort of go to for his Doctor. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I do. They, know are, what you mean. they yes. are brilliant, but um, you mm-hmm. know, like we didn't want to put Genesis down on this because it's, it's been done to death, you know, and everyone knows it. And you know, we put City of Death and it's great, um, but you know, maybe we should have gone for something a bit more less well hey you put a Santaran experiment in there well, which I, is I kind I of a curveball well I, you know I like the, that one it's, it's really good um, mm. but but people were quite pleased to see Nightmare of Eden listed weren't they and yeah. they felt that it, it absolutely it yeah, a, yeah you know, I think a that's a bit more love uh, it's, it's mm. um, if you haven't seen that one um, uh, the, what Nightmare yeah, of Eden well you've seen it I'm sure um, loads yeah. of times mate yeah, I love it I think it's great um, it's, it's sort of a it's a bit of a metaphor for drugs, isn't it? In a way, um, with with uh, an allegory for uh, drugs. Ele- what's the difference? I don't know. I just thought I'd sound clever. <laughs> uh, I, I see. You, you <laughs> thought you'd outsmart me, but it, it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the Doctor uh, Romana two uh, and K nine, mm. they end up sort of involved with it's like two spaceships that have kind of f- fused together or something, isn't it? They they've kind of crashed or yeah i love that i see a nice bit of little sciencey codswallop yeah, going it, it, on which is which is good so you did two two, two um two spaceships materializing that, out of it, yeah. hyperspace or something in the yeah. same place it's that kind of it thing that bit, you know um, if, if we were a bit like world enough and time and uh, dr falls for some reason you know that ship right know, where one end is, is near the black hole do you know what i mean it's yeah. a bit of a moffatty kind of felt like a sort of idea he'd have pulls pulls 
pulling a face that says no 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 i'm just trying to see it because I, 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 I never thought of that before because like you, you got a black hole and you got this this warp thing but yeah it's, I, it's I, just I, I get it of, you know it's, it's a sci-fi it's a enough idea of astronomical uh, astrophysical thing that, together. Um, yeah it's it's a neat idea yeah so that that's the conceit isn't it is that the, the doctor and romana have to kind of work to to free the yeah. ships and it's created areas of instability where the two ships are kind of still trying to coexist mm. where, where they sort of touch each other and and within those areas of instability just to kind of make things worse is this ele- electronic zoo that um somebody's kind of um brought with yeah, them onto but, onto one well, of the they spaceships sort of, and they within, lie about it don't they and say that it's um kind of yeah this well they, they, they say there's no danger there's no possible danger that anything can escape from mm. from this thing and then of course the mandrels from the planet of eden which is contained within the the you know the doodah is um is it they, they managed to escape through those areas of instability mm. and there's a link there to the drugs which i won't spoil no. for anyone who hasn't watched it because it's brilliant and it's it's a really tight story. That that's what I like about it. I I I'd never seen a uh, Nightmare of Eden. I I read the Target novel years right. ago and remember being really taken with it. And I thought actually, and I noticed it was written by Bob Baker alone. And Bob Baker always wrote stories with uh, with his pal right. Dave it, it Martin. Own, he they, wrote they um, had an argument or something, didn't they? And he, he... well, no, no, I, I don't think it was an argument as, as such. I mean, they 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 were working together right through the seventies, and they did loads of things. To together they they for doctor who they wrote things like claws of mm. axos um they they wrote the santaran experiment actually that was another one of theirs hand of fear which saw liz mm. slade and sarah jane sort of leave in um underworld i think did they write that one i think they did actually um and then nightmare but what had happened i think um dave wanted to try writing novels i think that was his right. thing he wanted to do more novel work and um, bob baker wanted to get more involved in the, in the production side of things and i think he he now or, or he actually then somehow a few years later obviously went went to um do stuff with um Ardman, um studios oh, right. the wallace yeah. and gromit is yeah. it odd man is it odd odd uh, i think yeah those guys it's anyway and he wrote those scripts they're wrong trousers and you know if you uh the weird rabbit and all that sort of stuff so yeah I'm, I'm sort of transgressing a bit now so but but i i and i remember thinking you know well actually maybe bob baker wrote, should have written a few more on his own because it's a i i love the plot line of the story mm. i think it's you know everything in it just makes really nice sense yeah. it's a nice bit of sciencey stuff which i like that's always going to get mm. me get get me interested and it's it's central to the story it contributes mm. to the story in a really good way and and there's a good old runaround between yeah. them as well you know the story goes from beginning to an end and it kind of raises the, the sort of tension and i was i must admit though when when i finally got around to watching it i was a little bit taken back by how cheap it looked which is um it, it almost seemed and, and and actually not partly that but also partly the um the performances as well like the guy who plays trist i can't remember who uh, what the actor's name is now he but he's, he must have the the most dodgy accent in the whole <laughs> lexicon of dodgy accents i don't know what he's trying to be and th- th- there is this element which kind of runs through season 17 of that sort of uh, that that kind of comedic element which i sort of like but there are times when it seems to run a little bit off the rails and with 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 the accents um it it certainly goes into that territory but the story itself i think 
is absolutely yeah. sound. I think it's great. It was, it it it, it must have been difficult. I mean, season seventeen always came in for a lot of abuse when I was sort of growing up in the eighties, and I was told by various gatekeepers older than me that nobody liked season seventeen, and and it actually wasn't allowed. You weren't allowed to enjoy the horns of Nymon or Nightmare of Eden um, or any of that stuff. And Destiny, the Daleks, even was a bit of a fence setter. But City of Death, of course, yeah, that's a undisputed classic. Oh. Everybody's allowed to like that. In fact, if you don't like it then there's something wrong with you you're you're freaking weird frankly but you know there, I, I think we need more love for for nightmare well, and it, haunts of nine one and creature it, from it the was pen. interesting with the um poll comments so michael reed mm. who's at michael underscore reed says i've never seen nightmare that gets my vote uh ah, brilliant there you go then, <laughs> that's uh, a good one to start with we had uh punished star wars fan who's at punished mm. jake two uh had to vote for city but eden is very underrated and misunderstood mm. Um, totally agree. Yeah. What you just said there about uh, City of Death was interesting. So, Living Life Naked, who's at Paul Nude is Best, uh, which is a great username, uh, says City of Death like that will, one. will win this, though it isn't that good. Mm. And then he's put a shocked uh, oh, interesting. emoji. <gasps> Shock and then horror. he says, yeah. but it's written by, is it that he good? says it's written by Douglas Adams, so it must be good, right? Tom is becoming mm. Tom, believing he's, he's bigger than the show. Show is becoming slapstick. Uh, Julian Glover's always reliable, but Warriors Gate is much more mm. engaging. So that's that's quite oh, yes. interesting Ooh. because, like I said, City of Death is it mm. is great, um, but it's kind of you know a classic fourth Doctor go to uh, episode in in my view. Um, but what you just said there, where people back then were like, "Oh, you can't like season seventeen unless it's unless City of Death," maybe is because it was a Douglas Adams thing. It was. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah huge respect for douglas adams yeah you know? and and there are the, the you know i mean city of death it is a very sparkly joyous script and and i and i do love it i i do enjoy mm. it but i that doesn't mean to say i don't enjoy the other ones in that in well, that well, season yeah. i mean i'll tell you for what you know i was i i remember and again another one i came to you from from the books i remember reading the horns of nine one which is a tiny book it's it's really mm. really slim and not actually thinking anything of it particularly, and I remember reading again, reading loads of stuff in Doctor Who magazine of the the eighties and all the Pete, Pete Haining books and various other fanzines and things. And it was like Horns of Nymon was 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 treated horribly by the fans. Mm. You know, it had no respect. It was a pantomime. It was a it was a complete piss take of all the greatness that Doctor Who used to be. Look how far it's fallen with the Horns of Nymon. It was the you know regarded as the absolute nadir, and and I. I used to think that was the truth when I was when I was a kid. So I, I didn't ever really want to watch it. I only got the, the the novelization of it because I thought I just needed the complete set. And I don't really remember much about the story. It just seemed to be a bit of a runaround. But when I watched it, I thought, well, what's everyone kicking mm. off about here? Because again, like Nightmare of Eden, the story is is sound. I think more so in this one, the performances do tend more towards the kind of pantomime and lighthearted mel- melodrama. There's also, you know, almost like a conspiracy in, in the production to make things certain things as ridiculous as possible. There's a weird noise the TARDIS gives off, and they pile all the weird noises on. So there's springs going boing, boing, and boom, and whizzes and bangs and flashes and it goes on and on and a bit and the doctor just kind of pulls a face and goes well that wasn't meant to happen <laughs> or something like that or that's odd something whatever it is they are playing it for laughs but it's but there's nothing wrong i think with 
the, the story you know i think I, I i saw an interview on in the season 17 collection box set with anthony reed who was a script editor of the previous season the key to time season and he'd written the horns of nymon and and he, he kind of says look i didn't actually write it like that it's my story those are my words but something's happened yeah. in the process you know they, they, they they're playing it for laughs and it's like well actually they're they're kind of they are in but only in certain ways they're not I always thought it would be one of those stories where it was just completely given in to the comedy, but it hasn't. It still retains a kind of seriousness and a sort of darkness. And actually, Anthony Reid doesn't get away scot-free because he must have written um, the, 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 the best line in the whole thing, which is the, 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 uh, the pilot, the Scotland pilot, who captures all the, the teenagers to take them to, tribun- uh, to the sacrifice tribunal thing. Tribute, that's the word. And he calls them weakling scum! It's like every chance he gets, he's just got to point a gun at him and go, mm, weakling scum, ha! as if to just say that's what you are, which, which I love. It is, it is OTT, yeah. there's no doubt. It is ridiculous. But this, the story, like Nightmare, I think is, is bob on. Um, yeah, I just want to uh, bring up a couple of other tweets here. Uh, so yes. I was just saying about um, some people's view on City of Death. And this is one of the things that, that I like mm. about who you can... Uh, have really varying opinions, but as, as long as you kind yes, of you can. respect each mm-hmm. other, then it's absolutely fine. So Andy Parkinson, who... That doesn't always it, happen, it, though, does it? doesn't, Jeff? no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why we think that. Sometimes we can get very, very passionate about our opinions and mistake them for facts in the heat of the moment. <laughs> anyway, continue, yes. Mistake for facts? They... <laughs> They are facts. Andy... Andy. (laughs) My opinion is a fact. It's a fact that my opinion is a fact. And if your opinion of my opinion of being a fact is wrong, then I'm afraid you are wrong. And that's that's an objective fact. And if your opinion of that differs, then you are quite wrong. I told you I don't have time to edit this one. (laughs) Me neither. No, let's crack on. What you got? So Andy Parkinson, who's at Caffrey71, says City of Death is the best story in the whole of Doctor Who. So naturally it wins my vote, but... Fact. (laughs) (laughs) But Nightmare of Eden and Warriors Gate are both wonderful. Mm. Uh, And then uh, Braden Smith, who's at Braden Smith, says City of Death is my favourite classic Who serial. Um, But then Matt Stanhope, who's at Matt Stanhope 17, Mm. says City of Death is too obvious. My money would be on Warriors (laughs) Gate with the Sontaran experiment as a close second. So I, I, I... yeah, so it's, uh, Mike Baldock, who's at vote Mike Baldock, said Warriors because City is so good it's been talked about to death. So, you know, it's, it's oh, and, and the 47th hour says I really have a soft spot for Nightmare of Eden. So it's it's quite mm. nice that, you know... that I think it's heartwarming to yeah, see that, to be yeah. honest. So if you're listening and you haven't checked out Nightmare of Eden, go go do it. It's, uh, go it's, do it. It's great. Yeah. So... City of Death. What do you reckon? Do you oh, like it? Yeah. Is it, is it uh, one of your I think faves? It's brilliant. You know, you've talked before about your uh, nightmare when uh, yeah. Scarth's real face is <laughs> yeah, and, and the face reveal, and, and uh, you know, which is called a sort of um, yeah. spaghetti, green spaghetti head, um, mm. and uh, yeah, it's it's great. I love that they're on location there in, in Paris, and you know, Tom Tom and it's quite joyous, yeah, it's, isn't it? It's it is. a really nice yeah. feel to it, and the. Dudley Simpson's music, I think, is, is yeah, brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's a throughout really throughout good that. one, and, it, and it, it, you know the, that um, the ship is kind of a big ball on legs, isn't it? In it, and yeah, um, the, it sort of pulls up like a big yeah, spidery so crab it, thing it? and lifts off, and, and do you know now just know, the Jaggeroth spaceship. It. it just suddenly reminds me of the um, 
Mm. I think it's the Omni Droid in the first Incredibles film. I wonder if it was a deliberate homage. To oh my it. gosh, that is such a long time since I saw that. I cannot even remember what it looks I, like. I don't. Omni Droid. Don't know why you've right. just turned into. Uh, I don't Gretchen, know. Gretchen Wiener and try and make fetch happen there. Is that I what it is? Maybe. It's because it's getting late, mate. That's why. Look, the light has disappeared. You're, you know, everything's getting very dark. Because it's now midnight. It's not that late. Yeah, no, it's not midnight. So, no. tell me, uh, what what would be your mm. top three Fourth Doctor episodes? Ooh, I didn't know you were going to well, ask that. Normally, I've, we plan I've these just, things, listener, and then suddenly comes out with what it. What do you think? I, no, I know. Oh, okay. I can answer right. it straight away. You don't need to give me time to think, mate. I'm on the ball, innit? Yeah, that's what I am. Well, I'll tell you what, my top, my favourite... <laughs> no, no, Warrior's Gate would definitely be in there, I'll tell you. But, to be honest, you know, it um, it varies from time mm. to time because I love the, the high concept-ish kind of idea of Warrior's Gate combined with the, the, the sort of the attempts to depicts a gritty kind of spaceship in the style of alien movies and stuff like that and i love the fact that paul joyce got so wankered on the whole thing and so behind and so uh, fractious with you know what i mean and, and the whole thing kind of almost fell apart um that he was actually fired or was he fired no it was alan bromley on nightmare of eden who was fired he was it, i think oh was he no he was fired for half an hour and then had to come <laughs> back and graham harper kind of helped him finish off and john nathan turner got in there as well and it was just you know but what they result and i think stephen gallagher who wrote it has has had issues with saying no it's not my script i didn't write that you know that's, that's not what i wrote you know because it wasn't really it's paul joyce and graham um uh, was it? Was it great? No, I was going to say Graham Williams, but it couldn't have been Graham Williams. Um, but anyway, it was Christopher Bidmead. That was it. It's Bidmead and, and Joyce who kind of rewrote Gallagher's script, and I, I love all that. I, but but what they produce between the three of them in whatever ways is is unique in the entirety of Doctor Who. I think there is no other story uh, quite like Warrior's Gate. It's sort of like Midnight. It, it, there is nothing mm. else like it. So I I really do like that. On the other hand, I think horror of fang rock has got to be yeah, one of my really all-time yeah. favorites it's 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 a master class in 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 very very tight mm. plotting and tension and you know it is it is it is just a, a brilliantly written story with a watertight plot it is just astonishingly good it's terence sticks writing at the absolute height of his powers so that would be in my top three I also and, and then it would kind of fall down. So I've got things like you know Logopolis, which which I love massively. But then you you've got Genesis of the Daleks, which which I also like. And then you've got things like um, actually Robots of Death, which is another water type plot. I love it. So this is where it's it's really difficult to to find a, a top three somewhere. But I think I, I'm not sure City of Death would be in my top three. It would be in my top six or seven it'd be in my top ten mm. somewhere possibly and and so would Py pyramids of mars actually which is often a classic yeah, you know great one i that. i kind of a bit disappointed with that as well i think it's good up to maybe part four then it all gets a bit kind of standard but you know again the premise the the world building the idea of the the siren 
you know, these sirens on, on Mars fighting amongst themselves in, you know, sort of, and that becoming ingrained within Egyptian mythology. I, I love the idea of that, and I would love to see that in, in the new series. It would be brilliant. We get Gabriel Wolf as the voice of Sutex. So, you know, I mean, there's so much good stuff within Tom Baker's era, you know, even even towards, you know, there, there's always this sort of dichotomy in, 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 uh, in, in, in that period of time where you hear about the Philip Hinchcliffe, Robert Holmes era being part of a golden age. And I can see why that is. Um, and, this, you know, the second half, the Williams era, where it becomes a little bit more jokey, a little bit lighter, and Tom's kind of, you know, brutalising the directors and, you know, having his way with everything and just dominating it, the, the, the whole proceedings. And then you get the the, the, the sort of book, the, the J&T era, the, you know, season 18 yeah. at the end, which is so different from all the rest of it in terms of its tone and its style and, and, and everything else. But but I, 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 I find positive stuff within all of those eras. I don't, I don't necessarily hold that golden um, that, that Hinchcliffe Holmes era as as a as a god tier golden age. I think it's good, but I think actually the stories are relatively they're relatively light. You know, they're they're impactful in terms of their imagery and what they kind of pull from the whole sort of Hammer horror B movie monster movie kind of mm. vibe. And most of them do something original with it, but more often than not, and it's, it's I mean, you know, Talents of Ben Chiang is a really good example. Brilliant, brilliant story, brilliant performances. Everything is really, really great. But the last episode, it just hinges completely on a shouty villain getting more shouty. And I just, uh, and, and I just dislike all the shouty villains. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're just one after the other, and and they all just go. You know, what's his name in in the hand of fear? Brilliant. You know, when when um, I forget his name, Eldrad, right? Brilliant when he's a woman. In the first three episodes, as soon as he turns into a bloke, he turns into Stephen Thorne, who played a shouty Omega in the Three Doctors, becomes a shouty Eldred mm-hmm. Eldrad in in the Hand of Fear, and that last episode again is just loads and loads of shouting, and it's just ah, uh, it just annoys me. But you know, that's of its era and i think later on in the graham williams era things became a little bit more varied you know the stories didn't so much hinge on shouty villains we had a bit more variety that that's that's my thoughts on a thing so sorry jeff um you did ask me a very simple question and i would say it's taken me 10 minutes to give you a very long-winded answer so what are your top three go on share i i like the sontaran experiment yay Uh, I like horror of fang rock. Yeah. Uh, I also um, really enjoyed um, The Hand of Fear. Uh, mm. and did I think it got a bit shouty? Yeah, I suppose it probably was a bit more yeah, interesting. Totally, when she, totally shouty. She was sort of <clears throat> diamondy, cone-headed sort of... Mm. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, female Aldrad. Yeah, Aldred. Zool type of... Uh, thing oh yeah um looks yeah. a bit like that uh, I, I like nightmare of eden as well um mm. uh and uh so you, you mentioned more than three I, now I already have, yeah you? yeah uh, t- it's difficult t- isn't it yeah, um, <laughs> it's yeah i i kind of i haven't seen everything I, I will admit that but um out of the ones i've seen which is um obviously all of the collection sets but i have got mm. others on dvd as well that i've watched as well um but i can't remember yeah. off the top of my head but um i must say I've, I've listened to a fair bit of um tom's audio 
uh, stuff on, on Big Finish uh, as well. There you have me at a disadvantage, um, sir. But uh, I, w- I will also say, as we've said on here before, the Big Finish library is ever-growing uh, and mm. ever-expanding, uh, which is really the same thing as growing, I suppose. Um, and it, yep, is, so and it does there, get mate. difficult to keep up with it and just to sort of you know pay for it all, really. So when I first started listening to Big Finish stuff, which was probably, mm. I don't know, about... Eight. Many years yeah, ago, probably, it's when I was a boy, it, wasn't it? it it's yeah, when it was it, when I was a little nipper and Big Finish hadn't even started. It's when I started listening to him back yes, then, back in the yes, day. That's that's sorry, mate. Yeah. Just buying you time there. <laughs> go on, go it with was it. Probably about eight years ago, actually. Um, eight years, eight years, man and boy. Go on, just go, go, go. I'm trying. Go on, go on. So um, I have mentioned. My old lady, she's trying and all. Tries me every bleeding day, I tell you. Every bleeding day. (laughs) Go on. Right. Go on, go on, go on. on. Carry on. A couple of them that I've really liked, um, and I I have mentioned these before, but I'm going to mention them again. So The Haunting of of Malkin Place was a really good one, which uh, I I listened to on a train. uh, (laughs) It was a little bit scary. Um, Oh, you like the scary ones, don't you? (laughs) Um, The the Doctor um, and Romana hear about uh, uh, Mm. a seance and a medium. And uh, he he doesn't believe it. Oh, um, did, is it with the Ouija board and stuff uh, like that, I, or is it holding hands I, in a darkened it's, room? It's that type. Is yeah. anybody there? Uh, and it ends up um, it, it were quite a unsettling cliffhanger. <sighs> Should have done that. The first uh, yeah, first episode. I think is um, the Silent Scream was also good. That was a kind of um, golden Hollywood type set. You, you know, mm. in the time when the Asylum films are giving away to the talkies and stuff, um, and oh, people sort of losing yeah. their their voices. So that was good. Uh, and then there was another one called Labyrinth of Buddha Castle, which was sort of if a riff on uh, like Dracula type stuff uh, a little bit. Oh, okay. So anyway, I, I could go mm. on. Uh, I can hear you uh, tapping your hands there, but uh, there was there was a Sorry, lot of, of really good stuff. The um, English Way of Death was, yeah. was good fun. Uh, the the yeah, um, I like that, aunt, actually. Aunt That's based on the book, it, isn't it? Yeah, That's it a, is, yeah. a past Doctor Adventure book, which I have up yeah, there somewhere. Uh, it came out there. with um, Romance of Crime at the same time, which I, I mm. think is, is That's another the same, good one, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zygon Hunt, that was good. Crooked Man, that was really mm. good. That was about kind of a creature uh, made out of um, books and things coming to life out of bit like concepts from books and stuff. So oh, okay. Quite, quite spooky. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they, they've, they've done... Uh, you know, a, a whole load more recently with Tom, mm. and, and he's recorded years worth of stuff still to come. Years worth. So I'm, I must, I must kind of get back into his his things. He tends not to do. Yeah, these, I, um, I, sorry mm. to, to carry on there. He tends not to do these right. box sets like they do with the Eighth Doctor yeah. and things like Stranded or, or Dark Eyes. He will do more um, kind of t- two two story releases at a time. You know, so mm. they're, they're kind of mm. standalone or very. Uh, loosely connected so I think it's a little yeah. bit easier to kind of get into it in, in a way um, than, than needing to, you know to look at it and mm. go oh god I've got to buy what, what effectively amounts to oh, 16 remortgage the ass again exactly yeah so yeah I've yeah. really enjoyed the uh, the, bi- the big finish uh, audios with him 
maybe we should uh, we we do need to do a big finish audio special again at some point. Maybe we can uh, another one. Maybe we've got to stuff. spend money, well, Jeff. I can lend you the the discs. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, did you have any other comments on uh, on the um, Facebook page? We we do yes. There is a, there's a really good one here actually from uh, John Cole who says I was born the year Tom took over, so I don't remember the first few years, but I would have seen many stories with my parents as there were not as many channels to choose from back then. This is true. Mm, we only yeah. had three. Um, I guess the first story I remember watching is Keeper of Traken, the rotting master, mm. always stuck out in my mind for better or worse. Favorite stories are Robots of Death, Pyramids of Mars, but will pretty much watch any Fourth Doctor episodes. He embodies the Doctor as the definitive version, as far as I'm concerned. Sure, I say the Fifth is my Doctor, but that's because by then I was old enough to understand it. But I'll always put Tom at the top of the list. I think that sort of reflects in a way what you were yeah. saying about Tom being the iconic silhouette of the doctor you, you still see it in for a um, generation yeah, in, in other things now you know the simpsons often well not often but have on occasion had a kind of fourth doctor looking kind of doctor character mm. in it you know with the hat and the scarf and things and i was watching oh, was it called the midnight club or something it was on netflix and it was it was right. supposed to be uh, supposed to have the most jump scares ever in in a series so I thought, oh, yeah. I'll give this a go, see what this is like. And it got to the point where it, it, it wasn't even scary. It was just absolutely ridiculous, uh, probably on purpose. Um, but yeah. one of the characters in it, he, he dressed like Tom's Doctor for, for Halloween. Oh, um, and, okay. And they, someone yeah. said, oh, what, what are you dressed like? He said, I'm Doctor Who. Um, and Doctor then I think Who. maybe it was that same show or one of the other ones by... Um, I can't remember the guy's name, Michael, Mike something, who's the sort of creator of these things, a bit like um, Haunting of Blythe Manor. I think it might have been uh, Midnight Club or one of the other ones. They had a Doctor Who pinball machine in it. Yeah, oh, so yeah. I thought, oh, he, he mm. must like him. It seems too kind of uh, d- yeah. you know, deliberate. You know, if, if you're listening to this, Paul's pulling a confused face at this point. <laughs> He's got no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> No, that's quite right, yes, Jeff. Of yes. course I do. I know everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, mate. <laughs> You're allowed to run off a bit. If, if you can let me run off, yeah, well, I'll be more than you, happy to oblige you, for you to do you, the same, my friend. Let. <laughs> I'll just keep mine. I'll just keep mine on topic. Though I think that's the difference. Yeah, well, it was. Yeah, it was related. It was talking about the. Of course, uh, it was. Yeah. Pop culture uh, prevalence. When I listen back to the recording, I'll pick it out and go, Ah, yeah. Yeah, That's what it was, you, you, uh, and I missed what? it when he actually told me Google about it. it. And you'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's, life's too short. <laughs> oh dear! No, I. Do you know what I mean? The fourth Doctor's era is. It, do you know it? I, I'm pretty sure I've probably said this on a podcast as well, right? But I, I, I did a rewatch of all John Pertwee stories, who again was a very strong mm. doctor. I mean, those first three doctors, Hartnell, Troughton, John Pertwee, you know, for the whole generation of people who grew up, you know, when they were five or six when Hartnell started and became teenagers into into the 70s and then had sort of Tom Baker. But their childhoods would always be those mm. first three Doctors. And when you watch them, you can kind of see why. And I did that whole thing where I watched all of Hartnell's and then I watched all of 
Troutons and then I watched all of Pertwee's. I didn't do it all in one go, but there's a, a bit of time in between. But when, after I did Pertwee's and um, and I got to the end of it, I felt I felt genuinely gutted that he was mm. regenerating. And when Tom Baker took over the first few moments of Robot, that, that story, the, the giant robot, and starts being an absolute buffoon, disappearing at the TARDIS, coming back out dressed uh, as a yeah. Piero, as yeah. a as a Viking, and God knows what else. And it's just, ah, oh, it just, you just, I just remember thinking, and this is the thing, right? Because I only watched this relatively recently, so I, you know, it's not like Tom Baker being the Doctor is a surprise, mm. but because I, I, I spent so much time with 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 the Third Doctor, who was, you know, who who ended in such a, an emotional mm. moment, to have it almost like ripped away. And replaced by this guy acting an a literal clown. Somehow, I don't know. It's weird. It sort of felt mm, weirdly mm. disrespectful, almost. You know, yeah. and I, I actually felt quite angry knowing that Tom Baker was still going to be a great doctor because mm. obviously I've seen him all and, and read all uh, and everything else. But it's it's different. You know, it's it reminds me. You know, it's very difficult sometimes when 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 a doctor regenerates. You know, you can get emotionally attached oh, and invested yeah, I mean, you know, in in one yeah. doctor, and when they're taken away, you feel that yeah, loss. We, and for them to be just replaced, it's mm. it's, it's difficult. It, it, and that that was the first time I'd really seen it. Right. Sorry, mate. I just wanted to, you know, that that was the first time I'd really experienced mm. that. No, but you're right. And also, I think, uh, you know, even looking at it now, you know, John's doctor is so kind of. Mm. Uh, you know, suave is such an overused word, but he's so kind of confident and and self-assured, and and you know they all are uh, really. But but Tom's doctor is is kind of you know bonkers, bonkers really, and and probably a you know a deliberate uh, you know difference to to what came before mm. with, with John. But yeah, it's quite a jarring change, and I and I'd say n- like the the modern doctors, there's probably not been that big a kind of tonal shift. In in them, mm. except maybe with Capaldi because he was really grumpy to start with, but um, possibly even that yeah. was sort of fairly, you know, wasn't as big as kind of three to four, you know. Um, mm, it's kind of kind of tempered yeah, towards a little, the end, wasn't bit, it? Yeah, I think. but it, it, it is difficult when um, you know any doctor, uh, you know, regenerates, but particularly the the one mm. that you've become, you know, attached to. You know, we we said it before. I found it really it was really difficult when when Jodie. Uh, regenerated recently and you know it still doesn't sort mm. of you know obviously I um, know that it's happened but it didn't you know it didn't make it any easier that you know, <laughs> it's it's finished and I, th- I think yeah, you know, yeah yeah if 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 you were you know a big fan of Tom's doctor and you know he'd regenerated and and that was it he was kind of done with the show mm. you know if you were still following the show and he, he came back for big finish it must have been wonderful it was a bit you know a bit really like Chris Eccleston coming back you know that that was mm, sort of mm. you know not expected to ever happen in any capacity and and then he did and you know I must admit you know when they announced that I thought God, oh that's fan- that is fantastic in you know, to uh, quote the doctor but do, do you know what yeah. I mean you know you you do get attached mm. to, the, to the you know I love all the doctors but you know there's there's a, there's some that have a you have yeah, your favorite favorite connection and you, you know when they go it's it's a weird thing isn't it I don't think any other show mm. kind of quite does anything like this and um no you know, but, but they do is. get to live on yeah, eventually yeah. you know talking of endings then so what do you what, what what do you think of of tom baker's finale then um logopolis and that that maybe that whole kind of build-up have you have you seen yeah, it have I, you watched I have it? and um yeah. 
because he, he's up on the. That um, could have gone very differently. <laughs> he's up on top of the. Um, uh, it's like on a. The the telescope, yeah, the, the Pharos. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I was going to say it's got a name, isn't it? I can't remember. And he's he's, he's with the master, isn't he? Um, Find the master, and I remember thinking there's some really early green screen stuff in there, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or developed from the third Doctor's era. Mm. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that one as well. Um, what's the? Uh, is it, it's not. Is it Vale Yard in that one? The, the the white kind of mummy mummy sort of looking. The, the watcher. watcher. That's it. The Vale Yards. The, the, the watcher. Black, uh, mm. uh, black uh, uh, attired uh, character, isn't it? Yeah, because that was sort of was n- never really explained was it but it kind of doesn't well no it was kind of fudged uh, it was at, at the end the watcher kind of melds yeah, he walk, into in the doctor's and, body and it's and, quite interesting how they did that actually from a technical point of view yeah. but that's not really what we're talking about here <laughs> um it's all right yeah, we can talk uh, technical stuff i, I wonder he kind of sinks yeah, into his head he, with this he green does. star yeah. coming out and uh, is it is it Nissa who says it? Nissa. The Watcher was a doctor all the time, or yeah. something. So it was almost like, like the Watcher is is kind of, um, is kind of it, that sort of halfway mm. phase between one regeneration and another, and is kind of stuck mm. there, not able to it's, do anything really, until events play out in Legopolis. Yeah, it's a good concept, and it's a shame it was not sort of explored more. Maybe it is on audio. I don't know because there's a. We were talking recently about, uh, I think it's called the, the Lumiette on the Missy audios, which is a sort of halfway mm. kind of regen. Um, uh, yeah, how did I? What did I think of Logopolis and, and the end there? I, I wonder if Tom was kind of running out of steam a little bit and, and mm. unhappy with, you know, this is sort of the time when he was, you know, notoriously crotchety, wasn't it? And um, he so kind of identified uh, identified with. You know Sarah Jane and and um, uh, Leela and and Romana, but then when he's got um, you know Adric and Nissa mm. and that a bunch of yeah, young kids, it just it was a. I know it didn't last for long, but it was a bit odd. And they they are definitely uh, you know the Fifth Doctor's you know fam. Mm. Uh, yeah, so that that was a bit strange. It was yeah, it was kind of mm. like. Yeah, it, it was a sort of odd farewell, I think, really, for, for his Doctor, um, unlike any of the others, probably, because of the, the Watcher and stuff. Mm. Um, and I think I, I, I probably would have found it more in, engaging if he'd been with, with Leela or, you know, something like that. You know, right? Sh- yeah. So if Raman had stayed, yeah, to the end, so you know, to speak, and like with then. with uh, you know Matt mm. Smith's uh, regen, you know, it was it was uh, you know effective with with Clara, but they hadn't been together that long. But then when Amy mm. t- Amy turned up in dream form or whatever, you know, suddenly yeah, yeah. it becomes more powerful, and mm. and the same with Capaldi. When he sees Clara on the on the battlefield, you know, and even though is it the the glass robot thing doing it? I can't really remember now, but you know, it, it makes it more powerful. Oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, in, in 
uh, twice yeah, upon a time. Is, yeah, he, she's yeah. not there at the exact point of regeneration, but he, he sees yeah, sort of yeah, that, that, yeah. that process leading to it. You know, makes it a bit yes, more, yes. You know. But again, you see, with, with and I think this actually started with Tom Baker's regeneration, that kind of revisiting of companions. Mm. And okay, in the modern series, they're actually there in some sort of form, rather than you know taking clips from some mm. of their old stories and then mixing them into a special effect to revolve around his head, but. That's when it started, my mm. friend, right there, because as the fourth Doctor is dying, he sees all his companions, uh, yeah. Sarah Jane, you know, I, I, Harry Sullivan, Leela's uh, there, Romana 1, Romana uh, 2, all saying little words to him. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Mm. It, it, there you go. And his enemies as well, mm. they're coming in. Daleks, you know, Doctor, die, yeah. Davros, die, Doctor, and the Master going, die. No, yeah. actually, See, that, that is... that's the fifth Doctor's regeneration. <laughs> Die, Doctor, die, and don't die, Doctor. Yeah. But Edric, but you're dead. But uh, it was still. But again, they did it again in mm, the Fifth Doctor. Mm. But yeah, also, I think you know what? I'm gonna have to rewatch yeah, it again. I feel like I need to. We get the crispy master mm. coming into the Fourth Doctor's regeneration. Mm. Hey, Doctor, Peter Pratt with the big golf ball crispy. eyes. Crispy so, pancake, <laughs> oh, crispy, yeah, yeah, it's it's good. I do you know I I have to say I I I mean season eighteen is is my all time favorite of of all the classic series. It's it, it's it's the one that feels the most thought out, the most. It's got a lot of structure mm. to it, and it has a beginning and an end, you know, and it starts. With, with the story, the Leisure Hive, that is very different in some respects to what went before it. So the story that we would have seen before that would have just been the Horns of Nine one. If it had come off the back of Shada, it probably would have made a bit more, you know, seemed a little bit more seamless, I guess. But already there's a big stylistic difference in the Leisure Hive. But the story itself is actually quite traditional. It's a David Fisher story, and he's already written for a few stories previous. So he's, he's a good one to sort of continue on. But then we get an increasing number of new voices come through so we get um megloss written mm. by uh different people uh, i can't remember now fleming and somebody other. and then we get a terence sticks a terence stick story in there as well so state of decay which is a script that would have been in season 15 i think and it was written for that but it was postponed because there was already a vampire story on so by the time that story actually came to be written it was 1980 and it became state of decay but with chris Bidmead's kind of additions and uh, adaptions to it, which throws a bit of sort of sociological science in, into the thing, and and there is a big foreshadowing. There's this looming shadow throughout each story in season eighteen plays with the idea of the Doctor sort of dying mm. or getting old or something. The Leisure Hive has him aged in the uh, in the tachyon generator machine, so he comes out looking like Leon, Leonardo yeah, da Vinci yeah. for a couple of episodes. So again, it's playing with the idea that the Doctor is going to change, he's going to die, he's going to get old or something. In Megloss, you have um, the doppelganger thing, so again, he spends a lot of time as a, as a walking yeah. cactus. <laughs> And you know, and, and so on, and, and so there's always something in each story that kind of plays with the idea of the Doctor changing, and then, but but then towards the end of that, we get the Master also changing as well. So we have the Master's own, not quite regeneration. It you know he inhabits the body of of um, Nissa's Nissa's dad, yeah. Tremas, which is has exactly the same letters as Master, but in a weirdly different order, which is just amazing, really. It's, it's such a coincidence. And I remember that that grandfather clock disappearing and the Master's face at the end of uh, Keeper Trarkin. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and that is, I kid you not, that 
those stories there coming out of Warriors Gate going into Kipratrakan through Legopolis that is when I really started to take notice of of Doctor Who. that's when I started to decide I I'm going to stay in and watch it you know and and I hadn't actually seen the Leisure Hive when it was out and Megloss and that they they were totally I just didn't even know they existed so it was only later when I read the books and watched one UK Gold and then got the DVDs and everything else that I realized that they existed so then it became you know then Logopolis kind of made more sense you know or season 18 kind of made more sense and there's always something in it every time it's a little bit more sterile perhaps than some of the earlier stories it doesn't have that kind of dark gothic vibe that the Hinchcliffe Holmes era had it doesn't even have the comedy that the Douglas Adams Graham Williams era even had but it is it is quintessential fourth doctor and the doctor inhabits these stories like a brooding almost menacing figure at times and and tom baker was quite ill i think through a lot of that and he was quite again i and you're right i don't think he did get on with john nathan turner so much and saw these young people coming in and changing ideas getting rid of the humor putting in more science you know which is just as implausible as the other signs but you know i think chris bidmead made efforts with his writers to give it some plausibility to make sure it added and benefited the story and to make sure that there were narrative threads almost like a story arc going through from you know from beginning to end so and 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 i love it and i think actually you know legopolis is 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 kind of a catastrophic story in terms of the universe actually is going to finish you know the master does something stupid and it does trigger the collapse of the universe you know he wants to take over the universe and everything else and has his great speech prepared which has been repeated in the modern series in various ways i noticed to to great fun you know peoples of the universe please attend and all that and and but but he does end up destroying the universe which and it's brilliant and the thing is it works because there's a rationale for it. You know, the universe is being kept going by these these mathematicians who are able to to construct matter or change the way matter behaves because they can change the way the mathematics behaves underlying all matter. And it's it's a great idea. You know, there, there's something in that that is rooted in what we know. Warrior's Gate has the idea of quantum threads going through the universe. The fact that you can tap into those quantum threads by I Ching, for example. You know, the way we divine the future through I Ching, or it, the way that Adric does it. Similar thing, he tosses a coin. You know, with I Ching, you toss a coin six times and it gives you a, a kind of direction that you need to go in. And the, the idea for that, the science behind it, if you like, is that it taps into to sort of quantum threads, you know, the, the nature of the universe, which, as it turns out, is being manipulated or changed or kept going by these guys you know sort of muttering mm. compu- mathematical computations what they call it block oh, block block, uh, block, block, block computational yeah, mathematics something, like, something yeah. like that I forget what it is now it's even able to change the way the tardis exterior behaves it shrinks it you know the master throws it throws a jinx into the into the into the maths and tardis shrinks so you know the idea of, of playing around with maths and you play around with the structure of the universe i love it i think it's absolutely brilliant and you know, I remember just getting really taken by that idea and just getting really into the kind of idea of physics and you know, astrophysics and entropy and thermodynamics and all kinds of stuff. And, and when, then when I read The Leisure Hive, the first time I encountered The Leisure Hive was when I read it as a novel later on. And I read all that shit about tachyons and things. I was like, oh, man, this is brilliant. I love it. You know, it's, it's all, it was all theoretical stuff. But, you know, the, the one thing I'll close on, because season 17, as I said before, always gets a lot of stick because it's too comedic or, or whatever. 
but there's an awful lot of science in that as well and it's just as bonkers or just as credible depending what your viewpoint is as the science in in season season 18 you know douglas adams was a big one for high concepts and he obviously encouraged that through a lot of his writers david fisher you know who, who wrote um the creature in the pit that idea of a you know it starts off a simple idea of having a creature that is um you know that grew up in a, a depending on sort of chlorophyll mm. and you know plant life and some, something else and a planet that is uh, rich in metal and the, the two kind of uh, and then you get that whole weird thing about spinning a web around a, around a yeah. neutron star and weaponizing it and you know that that's high concept fantastical sciencey stuff but you know it season 17 and 18 are different only in tone the production you know with the tone meeting for one of them well, there wasn't one, right? They, but they decided to go just to treat everything as a bit of a bit of a laugh, a bit jokey, and that's all right. But if they'd had a, you know, if they decided on a slightly darker tone, they could have done that without changing any of the scripts, without changing a single line, and it could have been more like oh. season seventeen. It's just in that difference in the production yeah, or the approach yeah, to production, yeah. you know. But the concepts are still there; they're still strong throughout those last two seasons, and 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 that's what I hang on to i know you and i sort of gone on about the science of doctor who and it is fantastical and mostly made up and but there within those two seasons and particularly in season 18 there's they've made efforts to make it credible and to make it matter to the story and that for me is why i really started to become a fan of doctor who when castro valva picked up with peter davison and it run with this um you know it took anisha lithograph of you know, and that idea of running upstairs and in an endless kind of loop and sort of playing with spatial geometry and stuff like that. I just, I, I, got, I yeah, loved it. I cool. really yeah, got well, off on the yeah. signs. Yeah, I kid you good. not. Yeah. It was great. I don't care about anything else. <laughs> it's like, oh, it, but I was into sci-fi, yeah. right? I, I, I love fantasy type stuff, but you know, the actual science in science fiction, I've always enjoyed. You know, and, and unless people make a real ass of it, um, kill the moon. <clears> sorry, that. don't know where that I came from, see but that coming. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's what I'm getting to. But you know what I mean? It's it, it's a difference. So you know, you start the, the Tom Baker era started with all that gothic horror and those pastiche kind of almost mini movies, the the big cliffhanger and the lumbering monster, the mummies, the Frankenstein's, the you know all that stuff, which is brilliant. We had alien races that have um, you know we, we've had mysterious villages. The, the, the Zygons in uh, the yeah. Loch Ness Monster story, yeah. and again with Terminator story, the android invasion, where things don't seem to be quite right in an English town, and you know there, there is so much variation, but you know there's something for well, everybody yeah, in there. Say. I think it's, it's a bit like um, you know in in theme anyway, but you know like like Marvel mm. stuff. You know when we've had our, our podcast for that, you know someone might like a you know world war Two things so they like captain america stuff or you know the spy thrillers that they evolved into or you know the c- kind of n- norse god fantasy thing of thor which is completely different but mm. then you, you you know you might not like moon knight the the sort of horror uh, aspect of it might not appeal um but that's part of it you know it's it's this stuff that can can appeal to everyone you know there, there should yeah. be and that's something for everyone and and yeah with who you know every era has its own different feel mm. to it and certainly within toms you know lots of kind of mini eras yeah it goes through different eras. stages yeah. within you know, itself it's doesn't like it I, you yeah. know, I like the kind of gothic horror ones and mm. you know you like the more kind of uh you know science science heavy in over, over yeah. fiction. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't mean to say that one no. is necessarily better yeah, it's, it's, than it's, the other it's just you know this is just what yeah, i prefer yeah. and that's what yeah. you prefer and that's, you know it's, it, yeah. 
they're as good as each other and, and they're great and it's it's great that we we have these yeah. stories to go back and enjoy and, and time again and more, it's you know more fourth doctor stuff and there's more all the yeah time. yeah which is great well this great has been fun. a lot of fun talking about tom and his doctor uh, yeah. tonight um Maybe we may, we could have just carried well, on we, actually we, doing we this. Done, yeah, maybe we can start talking about an entire era to to put it into an hour or so of of audio time. Doesn't yeah, quite seem it, to do no, it justice, it no. but I think we've covered yeah. most. Well, maybe we can um, you know look at the other doctors um, you know in in time. Uh, do an overview. Yeah, do, do a sort of yeah little a little retrospective. A, a little s- oh retrospective. I yeah. like that. That's a good word. Um, it's got lots of syllables. Okay. We should definitely do that. <laughs> Will it fit on a thumbnail? Makes us look clever then. Um, because we, we've, yeah. we've got um, <laughs> yeah. some more third Doctor stuff coming out soon on the collection, haven't we? Um, <gasps> so that came yeah. out today, didn't it? it was announced at three o three. So or three thirty three. Yeah, three o three. And then he had the other one at three thirty three. The normal type one at three thirty three. Three three three. Yeah. So, yeah, mm. very much looking forward to that. So, yeah, perhaps that's something we can do throughout yeah. the year, retrospectives. Yeah, 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 we'll do that. Well, nice Brilliant. one, Jeff. Well, thank you for listening, okay. everyone. And uh, and, watching. and watching, if, you, if you're YouTube, doing that on YouTube, if you're watching us. You, you yeah. tubby, as my son calls it. Um, so, Does yeah, he? Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. Uh, you tubby. You tubby. <laughs> <laughs> you tubby. Um, Dad, are we watching you tubby tonight? He, so he doesn't speak not, like that, does he? He's not American, not. no. No, no, no. You, d- you didn't steal a child from <laughs> no, the United no, States. No, I certainly did not do that. And if anybody says he did, he <laughs> no. didn't. Ever. That wasn't him. That was somebody it, it else. Was you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, Thanks. before we get ourselves banged yeah. up in prison. And then there's the more <laughs> podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah. That would be... That'd yeah. be awful. We could do it from inside we, jail. We That'd be amazing, it, yeah, wouldn't it? If they'd let, allow it. Mm. Yeah. Right. They wouldn't. <laughs> right. Thank you, everyone. And uh, we will see you next time on Who Corner to Corner Podcast. See you next time. Bye, Bye. for now. <laughs>